0: Well, this is Ed Sketcher Live, and I'm Ed Stetzer. All as always, happy to come to you this and every Saturday at this time, bringing some guests with good interviews, good conversations, and more. <clears throat> we got a lot of good response from our uh, radio guests last week. We had Dallas Jenkins on, talking about the Chosen, and it was fascinating to see how many people had watched and talked about and and more about the Chosen. And we talked about a wide variety of issues from you know, the creative process. Uh, you know, how do they think through the biblical text? We had questions about Mormonism we had questions about how what the future is gonna be I'm really encouraging to do the book of Acts next since it just seems like a natural thing to go into the book of Acts as well great conversation and so glad that you joined us thanks as always for your calls we have the best callers on the Moody Radio Network partners and affiliates and let me just say welcome to all of you Moody radio network partners and affiliates my name is Ed Stetzer I am the executive director of the Wheaton College Billy Graham Center I serve as a Dean and a professor at Wheaton College as well, but most importantly, I am your radio host, and I'm actually living here in California now for the next several months, so the K-Wave folks, we're listening, we've got local Radio here on K-Wave as well. But as I'm in California and I'm in higher education, it just seemed like a wonderful opportunity to have a friend of mine on the radio. He's got a brand new book, uh, but really a decades-long fruitful ministry as well. But his name is John Jackson. It sounds like, like a movie star, John Jackson. So John Jackson is the president of William Jessup University. Before that, he was the executive director of Thriving Churches International, a senior leader at Bayside Church in Granite Bay, California. Uh, he's founding pastor of Lightpoint Church in Minden, Nevada. He, previously, he was the executive minister of Transformation Ministries and uh, served more than 270 churches in four western states. He's actually written and co-written several books, including the one we're going to talk about today, uh, Grace Ambassador, Bringing Heaven to Earth. Thanks so much for joining us, Dr. John Jackson.
1: Ed Stetzer what a joy to be with you and to be with your amazing audience I've been doing a little uh, pre check and just found out that you are correct your audience is the best audience but I got to be honest, knowing that you had that conversation with Dallas Jenkins makes me want to focus our time on the chosen what a great great gift the chosen is.
0: It is fascinating. It's been, it's been interesting to watch because, you know, you watch the show and now like when I read the gospel of Matthew, I think of Matthew being on the spectrum. So it's funny how it's sort of like, yes, it's, and, and I, so I got to what I think Dallas kept saying is go back to the Bible, go back to the Bible. And I love, I love that. And so, yeah, it's been a fascinating conversation, but you are going to be, it's going to be just as fascinating a conversation with John Jackson. So let's, well, let's jump. Thank in you here. so
1: much. And yeah, let's do it. And yeah, I, yeah. I want to just thank let's you again it, for okay. your friend friendship.
0: Oh, God, glad. So appreciate you, brother. Just so folks know, uh, John's up there at William Jessup. I say up because I'm in Southern California. I've had the privilege of being on campus there and just seeing the good work that they're doing. Um, and so let's talk a little bit. Well, if you don't mind, I gave a little bit of your background, but uh, fill in a little bit more and kind of help us. How did it lead to some of the themes here in the book?
1: Yeah, Thank you, Ed. I grew up Baptist, so deep conviction in the authority of Scripture, deep commitment to the Lordship of Jesus, and a passion for reaching lost people. Uh, But to be frank, uh, Ed, uh, and I say this at some point during the book, um, I always identified as a kid who grew up in church, I identified with the elder brother. You know, the story of the prodigal son, the prodigal goes out and kind of destroys his life and the family's name and reputation and spends the money, comes back home, father receives him, forgives him, loves on him, and uh, the elder brother is mad. And Ed, I, you know, I know it's bad theology, but to be honest, I've had that experience of feeling like, gosh, I spent all my life in church and I love God and I've tried to do the right things. And then God shows his mercy on people who have been disobedient. And so for me, uh, the journey to understand, appreciate, receive and live in grace has been kind of a lifelong adult journey journey. And uh, I think I can say, thankfully now, that uh, increasingly at least, I'm having what I believe is God's heart for the world around us. I, I think God's grace is his greatest gift, uh, obviously made uh, most tangible in the gift of Jesus Christ. And uh, I don't want to belabor the point of the chosen, but I will say that what I love about the chosen is it demonstrates the humanity of Jesus. Uh, and we just I just love the fact that in the humanity of Jesus, that he connects with people where they are. And then he gives them a vision for where God wants them to be. So I'm just a lover of the grace of God, the truth of God. And I think in our present day, Ed, there's a desperate need for people to look at the world broken, battered, and bruised, look at the world with a redemptive heartbeat rather than a condemning and judgmental one.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, I think people resonate with that and they... Uh, yeah. Yet at the same time, I mean, let, let's be honest. I mean, you even talked about how your own journey. You kind of were much like the older brother. Uh, as Christians, we can easily get kind of drawn into the idea of uh, judging others. We can easily get drawn into the idea of of kind of assigning ourselves the role of of judge and jury. Um, so, so before we get to, because um, again, Grace Ambassador is the book, and I want to encourage you to get it. Yet, as a matter of fact, we have, we have several copies that we're going to share. It's actually not out yet, but through the power of uh, pre-ordering, you can get a copy if you go to uh, com. and we've got a few copies that we're going to share with you. It's Grace Ambassador, Bringing Heaven to Earth. So, I want to get to the solutions, which the book has got some great solutions in it. Before we do that, I mean, talk to me a little bit more about the problem, because, man, it just seems that sometimes churches can become... Uh, judgment factories. Talk to me about that.
1: Yeah, I think, Ed, in some ways, part of our challenge has been that as the culture's gotten darker and more destructive, the church in some ways has retreated to the sidelines. And in retreating to the sidelines, one of the things I discuss in the book, Great Ambassador, is I think we've bought into the lie of the what I call the sacred and secular. And those aren't original terms with me, but the truth is, is that we've bought into the lie that if I go to a sacred place, church on Sunday morning at 11 or whatever time you go and gather with the believers. And then I can go back to my house, be safe because the world around us is is uh, destructive. And to be honest, uh, Ed, we, know we need to be clear about this. Uh, God did judge Sodom and Gomorrah. God has judged throughout human history uh, sin. And so I'm not soft on sin. I think scripture is very clear about sin and evil and destruction. But the question is, why are we here? And for me, Ed, the fundamental thing is we're not here to have our separate, safe uh, little places. We're here to be salt and light. We're here to be the redemptive presence of Jesus. And that's, Ed, I think my maybe core burden of grace ambassador. Instead of churches and, and Christ followers being separate from the world, we need to be in the world, loving the world with a life and love of Jesus everywhere we go. Our workplace, our family, our neighborhood, the solution is uh, to look at the world be burdened, be pained about the brokenness and, and harm that we see happening. But simultaneously, mm-hmm. Ed, to love the world, with, be the hands and feet of Jesus, to serve the world, to be salt and light.
0: And again, it's interesting, the the word ambassador is used twice in our English Bible, you know, once in Ephesians, and the second time uh, when Paul says, I'm an ambassador in Christ. Um, and in the second time, he actually says, uh, I guess I'm trying to remember the order. Yeah, in the, in the order of our English Bibles, in the second time in Ephesians, he says, I'm an ambassador in chains. So being an ambassador is not yes. always an easy job, and maybe it's getting harder today. So does that mean we double down on it? Does that mean we we abandon the idea? seems that some people... Don't want to be ambassadors.
1: You know, and I, I love that you're pointing that up. by the way, by referencing Ephesians and then the Second Corinthians chapter 5 passage where Paul says that we're ambassadors literally begging people on behalf of God to be reconciled to him. Um, you know, Ed, I may not want to take out the trash. I may not want to mow the lawn. I may not want to do a whole host of things, including filing my taxes in the next several months. But those are obligations for me as a a husband, a father, a man, a citizen. So, Ed, when you're a follower of Jesus, it's not optional equipment to be an ambassador of his. It is an essential core assignment. We represent Jesus everywhere we go. My prayer in this book, Grace Ambassador, is that we will represent Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit, loving people with a supernatural love that only can come from God, and we do that because of how much Jesus has loved us. Once we've received grace, then we get the amazing being able to distribute grace.
0: I love, I love the way to put that as well. You know, we are, In that whole passage in Saint Corinthians, it says we are reconciled and then we become agents of reconciliation. It says it twice uh, in a parallelism to emphasize it, yet yet maybe sometimes one of the reasons it says it twice is because we don't get it when it's written once. Um, It seems that a lot of people are, as you mentioned, retreating, and they're retreating in different ways. Sometimes they're retreating um, to the so- social media where you get in groups and people just yell at one another all day long. Uh, sometimes they're retreating to um, you know physically, right? You know, we, we we live in California. You know, the the yeah. one of the challenges people talk about in California is it, it's it's a very progressive state, which is sometimes hostile to the Christian values. People say, "Well, I need to move to to uh, to blank to Texas," and I and I would just say, I mean, I think we need Christians who are going to be salt and light in places like Illinois, where I normally live, or California, where I live now. Um, But it's harder. So how, how do, again, you do this in Grace Ambassador, just to remind everybody, the name of the book is Grace Ambassador, Bringing Heaven to Earth. So how can we persuade people to say yes to Jesus' mission, to be an ambassador, rather than to be comfortable with people who think like them?
1: Yeah, and I think, Ed, as you're exactly right, and I, I was a lifelong California resident except for 13 years when we planted a church in Nevada. Uh, I have California in my blood, and sometimes that's a painful reality because California has a lot of difficult things. And, you know, if God calls somebody to leave from California, I certainly bless them on that. But we need Christians to have a missional view of California I think, Ed, we've you know probably in your lifetime and mine, we spent years praying for missionaries in global settings, and I honor that. Right now, we need missionaries in California. So if you're in a dark place, I just keep thinking of Daniel. Uh, Daniel gets taken to captivity uh, to Babylon. He and his friends decide not to eat the king's food. That could have meant the end of their life right there. And then a few chapters later, uh, Daniel refuses to stop praying, so he gets thrown in a lion's den. But in between there, Ed, uh, two things happen. Number one, uh, he masters all the learning of the Babylonians. And number two, uh, when his enemies try to come against him, there's nothing found in his character or work that could be used to diminish him. I just want to use that as an example, Ed. So what do you do if you're living in California, you, you're you saved, you know Jesus, and yet you recognize the culture around you is a little bit like Babylon. It's, it's a rough thing. Well, the first thing I would say is just love your God and live every day in your life and in your family's life as a person who who wants to demonstrate that God loves you, that you love him, that you want to be faithful to him. Secondly, um, I think that you can be the presence of Christ uh, everywhere you go, in your family, your neighborhood, your work. And one of the ways that I try to just illustrate that's just a simple little way is uh, whenever I'm going to a restaurant, uh, I asked the server, I said, we like to pray for our food, but also like to pray uh, for people who serve us. Is there one thing I could pray for you today? And, Ed, I've never had a person say no. <laughs> they they always say, well, yes, and if you could pray for my family, pray for, you know, my physical health. Pray. So it's an opportunity to pray and bring the presence of God into the everyday. That's my desperate plea and grace ambassador the presence of God, the love of God, the life of Jesus into the everyday.
0: Okay, we're going to continue our conversation with Dr. John Jackson in just a moment. We'll open up to your calls as well. Maybe you're trying to figure how to relate as an ambassador, as someone who represents Jesus and his kingdom to your neighborhood, your community. Maybe you got questions about his, you know, what it means to be in places that are more challenging for that. Again, our number is 877-548-3675. Again, that's 877 877- 3675 548 3675. We'll continue our conversation with John Jackson in just a moment. Politics brings more division than ever, and social media is moving many to be less social and more critical. Those with Christian views are also often being dismissed. Well, what if the rise of secularism, though, is good news for the church? Throughout history, these times of decline traditionally precede powerful spiritual renewal, even revival. You need to read Mark Sayer's book, Reappearing Church, The Hopeful Renewal in the Rise of Our Post-Christian Culture. Get a copy of Reappearing Church today at MoodyPublishers.com. Hey, we're back here in our conversation with John Jackson. He is a, the president of William Jessup University here in California. You know, it's interesting that uh, we do, you know, Moody Bible Institute is the ministry that owns Moody Radio. And so uh, we're also connected to higher education. And you find that there's a lot of people cheering for each other in higher education. Let me just say, as someone from Wheaton College on a radio program from Moody Bible Institute talking to a president, William Jessup, that Christian colleges and universities are great places to send your students for solid formation so they can relate in different contexts like John Jackson is talking about here. And that that was not part of the plan. I just threw that in there just for fun. Um, so, talk to me about. There's several broad themes in and around the book, and then and then we're going to go to calls. We got some callers coming in. Uh, the number again is eight seven seven five four eight three six seven five. You want to call in, but I want to unpack a few of the major themes of the book, and then we're going to jump into the questions. Again, phone number eight seven seven five four eight three six seven five. Talk to me about those themes, John
1: yeah uh, first of all thank you for your affirmation of christian colleges and i think one of the greatest things that happens in christian colleges is that mentoring by professors it's a very relational environment truth of god's word and in a relationship so i so i honor wherever that's happening let me give you the themes of grace ambassador uh grace ambassador is all about this first of all um in the first reformation about 500 years ago uh, we said that we had an understanding of grace received, and that was a, a, an amazing thing through Luther and others, that salvation is by grace through faith. It's not of works. That was an amazing revelation. At the same exact time, Ed, we said back there in that first Reformation that we believed in the priesthood of all believers, equal access to the Father. We, we, there's only one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. We said that, Ed, but I think we spent about 500 years professionalizing the experience of the christian faith wonderfully amazing gifted people like you and others uh, get the opportunity to represent jesus but i'm just an everyday person so i believe right now one of the major themes of grace ambassador is that we've received grace in the first reformation the second reformation is all about grace distributed in our everyday walking around world we can demonstrate the love and care of christ by carrying the presence of Jesus everywhere we go in our words, in our behavior, and being salt and light. That's the first one. Second of all, embedded in that is just the notion that we reject the sacred-secular divide. We just say no to that. We just say, look, that this is not the case. I know it doesn't seem very spiritual when I'm taking out the trash. I know it doesn't seem very spiritual when I'm in my cubicle in the office or I'm driving my delivery truck. But I am an everyday ambassador of the love and kindness of God. I have the opportunity to pray for people, to share that Jesus loves them. Uh, Ed, I recently was in a setting where somebody just said over and over, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Now, for those of us who are Christ followers, we might go, well, okay, I got it. That's the basics. But Ed, what a powerful, revolutionary message In the midst of a complex and often very destructive society with media, with families being isolated and then separated with conflict, Jesus loves you. And that's just such a powerful thing. So maybe one other theme that I just would want to lift up, and that is this. I just want to make a call to the church. Ed, I'm a lover of Jesus. I'm a lover of family. I'm a lover of the church. But I want to make a call to the church that we need to have a hundred percent full employment policy in the body of Christ. So much of our church, uh, all across America and maybe across the world, but especially in America has become a spectator experience. And I'm not talking here, Ed, about, we need more people serving in children's or youth ministry though we likely do. I'm saying we need to have every single person know that Ephesians chapter four says this, that as, as saints are equipped for ministry, the body is built up to maturity as each individual part does its work. You have a part in the body of Christ. And it's only when you do what God has uniquely called, gifted, designed you to do, that the body of Christ gets to be built up mature, to maturity. And that I think that's true locally. I also think that's true across the United States. The church will only be the church when we have a full employment policy and everybody says, I'm part of what god is doing here on planet earth
0: a full employment policy i love that the idea that uh, was it first peter 410 as each one has received a special gift use it to serve one another let's go to bren bren is calling from north canton ohio on wcrf bren you're live on the air with your question and your comment go ahead
2: hi thank you for taking my call uh yeah i'm a i've been teaching for over 32 years in the high school setting And things have changed greatly, Uh, the landscapes have changed greatly, and I'm feeling very called to be an ambassador right now, but I'm not giving getting direction to do anything but the scaffolding I'm in, so I'm working with my students. My thing is I have a lot, I have like probably ten students that are going by names other than their gender. Um, There's a lot going on in my school to embrace diversity, and I wanted your opinion on how do you straddle that? I know by my example, I can be grace-filled and welcoming and accepting of these kids where they're at, but at what point does it seem like you're condoning or being part of that culture where you can do whatever makes you happy and you're still loved?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. And thank you for your call. If you'll hold on the line too, Bren, we want to give you a copy of John's book. My producer will come on the phone line after you hear John's answer. But John, I mean, here's Bren. She's teaching at a high school. Um, You know, these kids are struggling on some of these issues. There are, I mean, public high school. Now you have, uh, you have the School of Education at William Jessup. I'm looking online right now. I I checked while she was asking the question. So I know you're training teachers who are going to the public school system. She's in Ohio. You're training going to go into a public school system in California. What advice and counsel are you giving them to represent Jesus well inside of a public education system? Because I think it'll, it'll help other people think about maybe their settings as well.
1: Yeah, Bren, first of all, thank you, Ed, for the question. Thank you, Bren, for the question. Uh, Bren, I just want to affirm this. I just hear in your voice that you went into teaching because you love students. You care deeply for them. And I want to thank you for your faithfulness over 32 years. I have a sister and a brother-in-law who have been in public education for over 30 years. And so I really resonate with your question. Um, I think the reason I used Daniel at the very beginning of the broadcast, not sure if, if you heard that, but Daniel being in Babylon, I really think that's the situation that a lot of us are facing. So I want to give you some principles without an exact answer, but I'll do my best to hopefully give some encouragement to you and what we do at Jessup. So first and foremost... Um, we only ultimately uh, worship and bow our knee to Jesus. If there's ever a point in time, Bren, where you say, I cannot be faithful to Jesus and continue to serve in this assignment, then you have to do what he tells you to do. And that is what Daniel did. Twice in the brief little first few chapters of Daniel, Daniel said, Nope, there's a line and I cannot cross it. On the other hand, Bren, um, Daniel operated in what we would call a pagan context. We, he would, It definitely was not a believing, Christ-following, uh, Jewish-honoring uh, setting. And Daniel found a way to navigate with excellence and with grace. And I, I suspect that's what you're doing, Brent. So my, my most specific guidance I would give you is this, and this is what we say at Jessup. You represent Jesus. You teach with excellence you love with kindness and with grace you be as redemptive as possible you're always redemptive Uh, and at the same time there may be some lines where you cannot cross my sense is that um, calling people by the name they want to be called with or the gender i personally don't have a lot of conviction about whether or not that's sin if jesus tells you it is for you then i certainly would honor that but i think the biggest thing you can do is love them with the grace and kindness of jesus my own view is that people who are struggling with gender dysphoria are struggling with uh, our current cultural i'm going to call it a tsunami cultural tsunami of gender confusion these are people who are very very wounded very very challenged by the current realities of our society and my heart is broken for them we need to love them and pray that they'll come to a right relationship with jesus christ which will ultimately take them on the road of wholeness and health but, Brian, I just love your heart. Thank you for being a faithful servant of Jesus in that very challenging setting.
0: You know, and the issues where, I mean, in general, it's easy for us to represent Jesus in ways that are, you know, we show kindness and we we engage a neighbor. We pray with a server. You mentioned I, I like that. Um, the And, again, the book's Grace Ambassador and kind of talks a lot about ways to do this, bringing heaven to earth. I think the challenging things are when, and using Daniel as the example, I mean, there were things that he went along with in Babylonian culture, which is kind of interesting. If you look through the text, it's like, oh, well, he did this, he did this, but he stopped here. And I do think people are going to have to wrestle through uh, what ultimately that looks like. And, you know, for us to avoid some of these hard issues, one of th- the first question we kind of got a call about was uh, was in and around transgenderism. And, you know, the church I'm serving at Scholar, as scholar-in-residence here is called Mariner's Church. I'll be preaching there this weekend. But we're in a series called Getting the Hard Issues on the Table, and we're talking and preaching through these issues. These are issues that we don't need to run away from. We need to bring the truths of the Word of God uh, in there. The, the challenge is, uh, maybe the right, wrong word is challenge, the, the call is is to hold to the faithfulness of the Word of God and then to simultaneously engage a world that not only disagrees with us but thinks what we believe is, is in and of itself problematic. So um, talk to me a li- about a minute, and then we gotta, we're going to take a, take a quick break and then come back. But for about a minute, going to introduce the idea, how do we represent Jesus as a grace ambassador in a world that sometimes sees our views as
1: wrong and problematic? Ed's so powerful. I, I love the fact that you said we don't run away from the issue. So I want to say this. In John chapter 1, it says that the law was given through Moses, but Jesus was full of grace and truth. I personally believe, Ed, that's the key. We have to be full of grace. People have to know that we love them, that we care for them. I can't prove this biblically, but I think Abraham prayed for Sodom and Gomorrah until the fire fell. And I think the heart of God would have been to redeem Sodom and Gomorrah. So what we do specifically is we love, we press in, we, we share hope with them, but we also have to be full of truth. Never, never, never when I say grace ambassador, do I mean disregarding truth. Truth matters, and I say that repeatedly in the book. So that's Good deal. What, we got to demonstrate truth, but lead with grace.
0: 877-548-3675. 877-548-3675. We're talking to John Jackson. His new book is Grace Ambassador. We're going to take your calls. We'll jump right on your calls. When we get back, come give us a holler. 877-548-3675. We're talking about representing Jesus in a, really a tumultuous time. We'll get your calls in just a moment. Hey, we're back. We're having a conversation with John Jackson. John's a, uh, an old friend of mine. And uh, not we're not old, John. We're just old friends. And we've been talking about his book, Grace Ambassador. And it's a really helpful book. I don't know if I said this at the beginning. I wrote the forward to it and so i was a fan of the book it's grace ambassador bringing heaven to earth one of the things you said i want to come back to and then remind people we're going to take their calls as well i should let me give people the number 8775483675 but you talk some a lot about the secular sacred divide and that's i mean that's a word that sometimes we use in like christian leadership pastor types that kind of stuff but I think there are a lot of implications from that. You unpack some of those things as well. So what does it mean, and related to being an ambassador of grace, what does it mean to kind of push against the secular-sacred divide? Let me remind people, too, that they can call, they might want to weigh in on this, 877 Talk to us about that secular-secular thing.
1: Yeah, Ed, uh, thanks again for the introduction. The book Grace Ambassador for me was uh, just a real outpouring of maybe a couple decades worth of God uh, stirring some things up. I'm going to start in an unusual place. In John 10, Jesus um, tells us that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He comes that we might have life, life abundant and full in some translations. So um, for me, Ed, this whole idea of sacred-secular divide is a deception that's happened from the earliest. Sometimes in the early centuries, people said, oh, the body is evil and the spirit is good. And there was just this division between what today we would call body, soul, spirit. So here's what I mean. In the churches that I grew up with, I think perhaps unintentionally, if you really love God, you'd be a pastor or missionary. But if you don't love God that much, you go to work in the marketplace, you make some money, you give it to the church, and you serve in children's ministry or be an usher. Again, nothing wrong with those things. But Ed, we basically gave people a faith that's about an hour and 15 minutes on Sunday, maybe a midweek home group, maybe a a service project on Saturday. That's the sacred-secular divide lived out for a lot of Christians. We have a largely spectator experience for a lot of Christians in America, and Ed, in 1 John 2, it talks about babes, sons, and fathers. There's a natural pathway of spiritual reproduction, and fathers and mothers are supposed to reproduce healthy children in the faith. The only way to reproduce healthy children in the faith is to every single day live out your life with Jesus. So I'm just in grace ambassador saying this. Get out of the seats and recognize that every part of your life, yep, when you're changing the baby's diaper, Yep. When you're you're at work and you've got a conflict with a coworker, in every single moment of life, every single minute, second, hour, day, week, month, year, you are a follower of Jesus. And actually God wants to use you right where you are. I love church. I'm a lover of the church, but sometimes in church, we've actually fostered that sacred secular divide by saying, come here. And so I talk in the book, Grace Ambassador, about the church gathered and then the church distributed that church distributed is every bit as much a part of what God wants to do, God's kingdom work as I describe it in the book. And so, we got to we got to go after this Ed. We got to help people be 24/7 365 days a year followers of Jesus and not simply 52 weeks ish on Sunday mornings for an hour and 15 minutes ish. You know, we we need to have a 24/7 365 experience of the love of Christ and be his ambassadors every day.
0: Yeah, so we're representing Jesus in his kingdom and you mentioned the kingdom of God and of course the subtitle of the book really gets at that uh as well. You were talking about bringing heaven to earth. Now, now that's a that's a strange phrase. We we pray, "Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven." So, part of that there's still we're praying for a kingdom to come, but you're saying that we have a role and I should say you're saying, I agree with you, that we have a role in that we are representing Jesus in his kingdom now.
1: But tell us about bringing heaven to earth in the subtitle yeah, Ed, I was I, I, I was thinking you might ask me about that because it's in the subtitle, but I was a little nervous. So I'm just gonna be honest with your audience and I'll do it quickly. Hopefully it'll it'll resonate. Um, I love Jesus, I love the family, I actually believe the Bible, I teach the Bible, I've been a pastor for years, but honestly, Ed, I was reading that prayer of Jesus and how he taught us to pray. And when I got to that phrase, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, I have to be honest with you, Ed and with your listeners. I thought of it like a Hallmark card. A nice sentimentality, but it's not, oh. never have, heaven on earth. Mm-hmm. Ed, I've just had a revolution. I Just the last 10, 15 years of my life, I've been saying, you know what? Maybe I've been completely and utterly wrong. Maybe Jesus wasn't just giving a little sentimentality. Maybe Jesus was actually declaring what he wanted his followers to experience. There's a weird passage in, in uh, I think it's First Thessalonians 4, where it says, make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, work with your hands, and be a testimony to outsiders. So i to ask this question, Ed. What does it mean, if we bring heaven to earth, what does it mean to have your life, your family, your job, your experience, the values, the love, the, the concern of heaven,
0: Okay, we're having some difficulty, John, hearing you, so we're going to try to switch to your phone line for just a second. So okay, we're we'll just hold on. We're going to continue our conversation with John Jackson. We're talking about the, uh, in this case, we're actually specifically talking about the kingdom of God, and he was kind of explaining how maybe he, he talked about how maybe he missed some of these truths. I think a lot of people miss some of these truths. It's not just that the we pray for the kingdom to come, though we do, but Colossians 1.11 says he has transferred us from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son. So if he's transferred us into the kingdom, if now we are citizens of the kingdom, if we're ambassadors of the kingdom, we are now working to make places to, well, to 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 have the kingdom come, to have that kingdom evident here. Now the king has come when the kingdom has come. Uh, so Jesus brought the kingdom with, you, uh, with him, and then he dwells in us, and therefore we are citizens. I like to use the term. If you go to some parts of the world, churches use the word embassy to sort of describe themselves because they are actually kind of a a place where ambassadors dwell where ambassadors come together where they represent jesus and more so So kind of unpacking that idea, I'm unpacking that idea for John, because obviously we had some technological difficulties, but he's back. So, John, I unpacked a little bit about the idea of the kingdom being here, uh, us being citizens of it. I didn't get to that the kingdom is already, but not yet. If you want to keep explaining, I'm going to put you right back on the air. Are you there, John? I'm here, Ed. Thank you
3: so much, and I really apologize for any uh, challenges we've had. Uh, I have to believe that's ultimately a spiritual reality. So, Ed, the kingdom is every day. The kingdom is right now, but it's also not yet. It's absolutely true. And even if you look at Scripture that uses these words, we're saved, we're being saved, and we will be saved. There's part of what happens when we become right with Christ. Theologians call that justification. And then there's the process of sanctification, becoming more and more like Jesus. And then there's the ultimate, when we are in his presence uh, for all eternity, that our salvation work is fully completed. I think of that in the same way about the kingdom, Ed. We need to learn to demonstrate the kingdom day by day, step by step, and for his glory and honor. And so I hope your listeners, when they think about Grace Ambassador, will not think about wearing special robes, will not think about pomp and circumstance, will not even necessarily think about an embassy, unless they're thinking about that embassy as everywhere they go. Everywhere they go, they actually represent the kingdom of Jesus.
0: That's good, that's good. Um, and one of the key themes to us is partnering with the Holy Spirit in this, that um, it's not just that we have this ambassadorial role, like we get a pat on the back from God and say, go represent me in the world, but the Holy Spirit's at work through all this. Unpack that a little bit. Let me, too, invite people, because they might have questions about how do they do this in maybe this circumstance or, or this current moment in their lives. Uh, the, the number to call is 877 877- Five four eight three six seven five. 548 3675 we talk about how you can represent Jesus. And I really like the fact that we had a public school teacher call, but maybe you've got questions as well. 877-548-3675. So talk to us about the role and our, our partnership with the Holy Spirit. What does that look like?
3: Well, and I'll just be very sensitive here. For some people, you just hear the word Holy Spirit it makes you nervous. Um, I grew up Baptist. I certainly knew the right do- doctrine teaching about Holy Spirit. But to be honest, on an everyday basis, what does that look like? And to me, this is what it looks like, Ed. When you pray, when you read your Bible, and when you walk around in your everyday life and say, Lord, would you just help me today to represent you? Help me to love you. Help me to represent your grace and your kindness and goodness. I think God, uh, some people experience it as a still, small voice in their mind, their heart. There's just an urging. I think God will give you sometimes words to say. Sometimes he'll give you questions to ask people. Sometimes you'll feel like, I I need to do something for that person. Uh, Just the other day, my wife and I were in a hotel, and we were... A uh, lady was taking care of the breakfast meal served in the hotel, and I just felt a little urging that I needed to give her, not a small, big amount, but a little bit of a tip and just say, thank you. Thank you for being so diligent about your work. That wasn't a direct testimony about Jesus, but it was a way, again, to demonstrate love and, and kindness. Sometimes it's a direct testimony, though, Ed. The Holy Spirit will tell you, ask that person uh, how, they, uh, how they're feeling spiritually. Ask that person what they're thinking is about spiritual things and i've had those conversations as well so the holy spirit is our everyday uh (laughs) jesus said to the disciples it's actually to your advantage that i leave you and that's a hard thing to imagine but he said it's to your advantage so that another helper i can send the holy spirit the park you'll you'll know that word of course but the the helper the the one who comes alongside it's to your advantage that i leave you jesus said so I can send the Holy Spirit to be with you. And I'll close with this. Did you know, Ed, I know you know, but did you know that the scripture declares to us that the same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead lives in us as followers of Christ? I promise you, Ed, most of us as followers of Jesus do not think of the same power that raised Jesus from the dead as living in us. And part of what Grace Ambassador book says is you can every single day experience the presence, the love, the kindness, and the power of the Holy Spirit by walking faithfully with him
0: and listening to his voice. Hmm, hmm. I just want to let loose and let you preach, but we're going to be back in just a second. We're taking your calls. Maybe a have questions about how to do that where you are. Maybe a specific situation. We'd love to talk with you about it. 877-548-3675. we got one segment left. We've already got some folks lined up. talking to John Jackson about his brand new book Grace Ambassador Bringing Heaven to Earth go to edstetzerlive.com you can click order it right there we'll be back in just a second Hey, we are back. We are here with John Jackson. We're talking about his new book. It's called Full Tiles Grace Ambassador, Bringing Heaven to Earth. And we've kind of been unpacking those words as we have gone through the conversation today. We're taking your calls last segment. Maybe you want to have a question about how to represent Jesus well, how to do that in the power of the Holy Spirit. Eight seven seven five four eight three six seven five. Also, John, I think you have a, a website as well. Now, I should mention, people can get linked to all this sort of stuff. They go to Ed Stetser Live. That's easy to remember. But what's the website to get to the resources related to Grace Ambassador?
2: Well,
3: thanks, Ed. It's graceambassador.com. Pretty simple, graceambassador.com.
0: Good. That's not shocking, I guess, that it's graceambassador.com. Um, the, if we <laughs> really want to plug into the Holy Spirit's work in this, you know, what kind of changes— What kind of impact can that make? If we really are walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, being a grace ambassador, what's going to be the impact of that?
3: Well, I hate to say this for those of us who have strong to-do lists like I do and are very task-oriented, but if we're really grace ambassadors, we're going to have more interruptions in life. And what I mean by that, Ed, is there's conversations that God's going to direct us to have. There are stopping for people who are in need or in pain. There are going to be moments where we say, you know, I wonder if God wants me to do this. We're going to ask questions, have interruptions. I say interruptions in quotes, have interruptions and have conversations that a lot of us uh, fly right by right now. And again, we fly by because we are we have the sacred secular divide. We fly by because we're we're not thinking about the world redemptively. Uh, I, I think about Jesus, uh, Ed, when he looked at the city of Jerusalem and he wept over it. Uh, I've been pretty angry at, at some of my cities that I've been in, and I have fewer times than I care to admit actually wept over the condition of the city. So I think we're going to go slower, have more interruptions, more conversations, notice more problems, and then say, God, what would you have me to do? That question, God, what would you have me to do? That's part of being a grace ambassador.
0: Yeah, and I love the fact that you know we're looking about in some ways like Jesus did. You know, Jesus. Uh, seem to have time for those interruptions. And those interruptions... You know, it's almost said once that, you know, Jesus goes from place to place, you know, has this time alone, separates, goes, prays, goes on a walk, stops. And there's five interruptions where he does things that make an incredible difference and more. And so and I do I do love that. We had one Ruth from Illinois asked uh, what some of his people send in their questions. Uh, What's the difference between being judgmental and discerning? Because we kind of mentioned that idea that, you know, we can't be driven by judgmental judgmentalism, but we got to be discerning in the world. How does an ambassador How does a grace ambassador do that?
3: Yeah, such a great question, and I want to be careful in my answer because I, again, don't want anybody to ever think that when I talk about grace that I'm somehow diminishing or eliminating truth. And in the book, I very strongly speak to that. But I want to say this. uh, When you're discerning, you notice the presence or effect of evil. Noticing the presence or effect of evil is an indication that you have the Holy Spirit, you have the Word of God operating in your life. The difference between being judgmental is ultimately, yeah, scripture tells us there's one judge. His name is Jesus. And so what we need to do is say, look, I see what this person's doing. I see what they're participating in. It's evil. It's destructive. It's it's going to bring brokenness and pain in their life. And I'm deeply, deeply burdened for them. At the same time, my response to them is to have a redemptive heartbeat. Let me go back to the prodigal. The elder brother did not have a redemptive heartbeat towards his brother. The father waited at the edge of the property, his wayward, sin-filled, destructive younger son, who had been the prodigal. As soon as the prodigal turned towards home, the father ran to greet him, hugged him, kissed him on the neck, wouldn't let him give his prepared speech about how sorry he was, because he clearly had repented. But the elder brother was looking at his brother, his younger brother, the prodigal, with judgment and condemnation, anger that's i think ed what sometimes we do in the life of the church is we look at evil we look at sin and we look at sinners and we condemn and judge now we're right to judge evil we absolutely are right to judge and discern evil but it's our condemnation of the person instead of seeing a redemptive heartbeat it's always the heart of god to reconcile it's always the heart of god to redeem it's always the heart of god to love until the very last moment
0: yeah, it's tricky. I think it's a tricky time in our culture. I think everyone would probably acknowledge that. Where's there's tumult and turbulence, but but also uh, what we believe as Christians is actually being seen sometimes as the problem. So you can be as nice about it as you want, but at the end of the day, if your beliefs and they're you know they're rooted in Scripture and 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 you know under the authority of the Lordship of Christ, if those beliefs are out of the mainstream, not only of the mainstream, but now seen as maybe dangerous. And I'm I'm am t- talking about beliefs, not 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 like obscure beliefs of some group, you know, that that that's a cult or something. But I'm talking about beliefs. What we believe about you know, marriage between one man and one woman for one lifetime. Beliefs right. about that God made them male and female. Those are issues that have come up today. Beliefs about the uniqueness of Christ and that Jesus is the only way. So in a context like that where there's hostility towards the beliefs of the one who sent you the one you're representing jesus but you still hold to those how can we find that i like to use the word winsome not everyone likes the word winsome how can we winsomely represent a jesus whose views are sort of outside the culture we got about two minutes left kind of walk through that with us
3: yeah very quickly ed i think the way to be winsome i love that word by the way the way to be winsome is to this we instead of hating people We demonstrate love to them even when we are in fierce opposition, even when we're in absolute disagreement, we demonstrate love. I'm going to say this. It's a hard subject. I have been in the room with men and women who were practicing homosexuals. They knew exactly, exactly what I felt biblically about their lifestyle, but I said these words to them. I want you to know that Jesus loves you, and I love you. And in those settings, I've had people weep because they said, we've never had somebody like you, quote, a Christian— say something like that to us. I think the world is desperate for the grace and kindness and love of Jesus. And if we show that, that's what it means to be winsome. Love, grace, kindness, even when people despise us and even when people vehemently disagree with us.
0: Yeah, that that makes sense. And I think that's super helpful because we live in a world today where agreement is the way you have to love somebody. And that's not that's not what the Bible teaches. And particularly as the world continues to move away from um from some of these values that means that we have to find a way you know i'm 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 close to uh my daughter's going to biola university speaking of you know college presidents barry talks about having a firm center and soft edges and i think that's an important reminder for us. Again, the book is Grace Ambassador. We've been having a fascinating conversation with John Jackson. I want to encourage you to get the copy of the book. You can go to edstetzerlive.com. There's a link right there. You can order it. It's Grace Ambassador, Bringing Heaven to Earth. Let me also say that you can go to graceambassador.com, which is quite the convenient website. You don't usually find that today. Well done, John Jackson. John Jackson, thanks for being my guest. Thank you also to the -the behind-the-scenes team here at Moody Radio. Got my producer, Karen Hendren, Got my engineer, Courtney Young. And Charles, as always, a man in the phones. And they do a great job making this happen. We're super thankful to our, of course, Moody Radio. Moody Radio is a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. But I'm super thankful to the partners and affiliates all around the country that carry this as well. So thanks for to your local station and to the network that you're listening on as well. Remember to hear today's program again. You'll find it at edstetzerlive.com or on the Moody Radio app. John and I were talking at the beginning about the Chosen episode. I think a lot of people want to listen to that. There's lots of others that are there as well. And as always, if you want to know what's coming up, you can follow us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's all at Ed Stetzer Live. So we would encourage you to do that as well. Word of exhortation, represent Jesus and his kingdom well. That's the theme of Grace Ambassador, bringing heaven to earth. May you be an ambassador of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So thanks for listening. We hope the show encouraged you today, and we'll talk to you next Saturday.